virtual can be a great complement to the live classes that that instructor delivers. And like you say, time and overhead costs suddenly become less of a worry because you don't have to factor them in. This is the Sweat Life Podcast, your guide to video and video marketing in the health and fitness industry. Here's your host, video producer for Sweat Life Films, Richard Playfair. Lockdown restrictions to reduce the spread of COVID-19 have hit the fitness industry hard and community fitness classes that would have normally been delivered in halls and higher spaces have been forced to adopt digital solutions online. In this episode of the Sweat Life podcast, Claire Goodliff explains how the Community Fitness Network has been helping fitness instructors to embrace technology to help keep their businesses running. Claire, tell us, how has the last six months affected your community and the the fitness instructor community? What have you found yourself dealing with and thinking about over the last six months? Well, it's been a challenge, shall we say. However, I feel that it's actually been quite positive because what it's done for instructors is is two things, really. One, it's made them upskill, whether that be education-wise or um, skill set-wise, it's made them upskill. Many, many instructors didn't know how to deliver virtual sessions, how to use audio equipment, tech equipment, and they're all now live streaming because it's been a necessity. Um, but I also think it's made instructors think about themselves as an actual business rather than, you know, I teach a few classes. They've realized by the, the kind of fear of having that removed that they are a business. And what it's been great to see is all these instructors who were in utter meltdown at the end of March, all smashing out like their 800th class. You know, that I've done 800 classes in lockdown. I've done a thousand classes in lockdown. It's fantastic that they've actually managed to pivot their business and continue. Yeah, I got to say that's that's impressive to know that people have responded in such a positive way and embraced tech. Um, not only because a lot of people in our industry kind of have struggled with stereos sometimes in studios or in, <laughs> in halls to get yeah. things going, but so they've done really well to kind of get this far with everything. And what do you think that that's meant for the kind of the general focus for the instructors? I mean, you mentioned pivoting there, people turning their in-person classes to online. What what sort of, where have you fit in with that and your community? What have people come to you to ask you questions about and how have you been supporting them? <laughs> well, we literally have been asked pretty much any question that you could ever imagine that's been to do with this situation coming out of it being in it what cable they might need to plug into a mixer or anything and what's what's been really great is that we've got a really good um network around us as community fitness network that we've been able to you know if we don't want to answer that question because we we aren't as knowledgeable uh we've passed them on to someone that we work with who can help them with that so things like um audio equipment so that's been great the biggest questions that we were asked i would say was probably at the beginning of lockdown now Previous to my time at, at CFN, I actually did a lot of work with some fitness brands and especially around music licensing. So I had quite a lot of knowledge around um, what happens when you suddenly put music and uh, or sorry audio and visual together 
and stream it or, or sell it or anything like that. So from day one, we were very clear on the message about music licensing and what they needed. And for instructors, we provided a lot of clarity around that um, from, from, from very early doors and, and kept them updated on that situation um, because, because that for them was one of the biggest hurdles that they needed to get over. Um, and the second one was a lot of them had never done anything like live streaming before. A lot of them didn't have a website. So actually, I think the first few Saturdays of lockdown, I sat here on my computer on Zoom calls with instructors teaching them how to build a website for themselves and live stream because they didn't have a thousand pounds to throw at a website builder and they didn't have the time. They needed something to just get involved on, get moving and keep their business running. and and it was incredibly rewarding to see these people going, oh my God, I've managed to connect my own domain. You know, I've changed all the name servers and they were doing things that they'd never even heard of. And now there's like people who have got websites running. They've got, um, they've got video banks of, of different segmented classes. They've got memberships running through there and they, they're probably more versed in it now than I am because they've, they've known to survive. They've had to, they've had to change they've had to and, and nobody likes change we're all very much creatures of habit but once you embrace change and it's great to see that people have embraced that they've they've, they've kind of thrived and it, it went from being such a panic and and don't get me wrong it was it's been a terrible situation but it was almost exciting at one point because they were really achieving something and they would never have gone and tried to do that before this happened so would you say that that's what surprised you the most about what's happened or are there other things which have really made you sit up and pay attention and thought, I never thought of that. That's interesting. I think the resilience of the industry has surprised me um, and how positive many instructors or the majority of instructors have remained and adapted. I think that and, and I, and you know, I was the same. I have a, a fitness events company as well. And the, the first few weeks I lost a lot of money due to event cancellations and things like that. And there's a time for a very short time where you can't really see past the, the, the huge brick wall in front of you. So I think maybe in that very short time when I was also feeling like that, um, it's kind of that fight or flight response. And what surprised me the most was probably how many people went into fight mode, which was great because I did, this, I did the exact same thing. But at a time where the world was literally grinding to a halt, all these instructors kind of refused to go down and went, no, 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 this is what we're going to do. And I think it's because of, of organizations like ourselves, um, not to blow our own trumpet, but we we've helped instructors do that we've supported them from day one and said you know what you can do this you don't need to stop you can do this and it's been great to see it, it has been it has been obvious to me when you look around and you see where the conversations are beginning and the com communities have been set up and engagement has been thriving that's really been led by you know a small group of of people in the industry um I mean, exercise, music and dance, of course, who you know that you've worked with, with their yeah. supported instructors as well. You know, there have been there have been some, you know, well-known, well-positioned businesses which have 
saw the opportunity to help the industry. Um, but for some instructors, I guess, who have had almost hybrid um, professions where they maybe work with clubs or independently on their own, there's been a bit of a grey area. Do you find that some have felt a bit abandoned by their employees or employers uh, or have they been good enough to step in and assist? What's it been like? Has there been a mix? It's, there has, and that's actually the, a very accurate word to use. There has been a mix and we have a lot of instructors in our network who do teach for um, operators and, and leisure companies as well as work independently in communities for themselves. And it has been very interesting to see um you know even even some of the the larger um more affluent chains it's really differed not not even on an operator level on a venue to venue level i believe it's been um a response from the actual management of each venue on how it's been react like how people have reacted to it and therefore how instructors teaching there have been supported and I think that's been not only through the whole locking down but also the coming out of the other side of um, how an individual management team have reacted to their local situation and I get that every local situation is different but it's been a real mixed bag of feedback and I do think that some have felt total abandonment as in like well we're shut down so that's it see you later and then some have barely been kept in the loop. Some have been running online classes for their memberships. So it, it, it's, a, it's a huge mixed bag. I don't really think that can be generalized. Before COVID happened, about 18 months ago, I ran a poll on a Facebook group asking the freelance fitness community what they thought of digital, what they thought of virtual workouts. And it's no surprise that a lot of them came back thinking it was a threat to their business. It was a threat to their live classes in clubs as well. How do you think that perspective has changed, given that back then, three in four people surveyed were against the idea of going online to do digital classes? Oh, I think the mindset has just changed hugely, Richard. I mean, even going back uh, 10 years, 12 years, now bearing in mind that Zumba Fitness started as uh, a DVD on a home shopping channel. So, so the, the class came before the, the DVD actually came and obviously there were no virtual classes really 13 years ago but the, the DVD was there way before the instructors were there it was a you know the same with insanity the DVDs were there before Beachbody started recruiting instructors and yet even then instructors saw the launches of more DVDs as, as, a, as a, a negative impact to their classes, not as an opportunity to feed into classes. So I do think it's a, it's a mindset thing, but what's really interesting now, and it's interesting that you did that survey, because what I would say now is that that has completely flipped and actually three and four will continue to run virtual classes as well as migrate back to live too. Is there a um, financial reason behind that, a time reason behind that? What do you think of the, the, the positives for digital in that sense? Well, well there's, there's many factors, isn't there? There's things like if an instructor, there's always one or two classes on your timetable as an instructor that maybe don't perform as you need them to to make them financially viable, but you have this kind of embedded attachment to the class. You have... Uh, a loyal group of 
a handful that will come week in, week out. And you know that it doesn't make financial sense, but you feel as though you're obliged. What I think it's done is it's actually allowed them classes to now be financially viable because the quieter classes can actually stay online. There's no overheads, there's no travel, and it's accessible because the people attending them have, have probably been attending them still whilst we've been um, uh, on restrictive movement. So I think that lots of people can't attend things or have dropped things because life get life does get in the way. And when you've got competing priorities like family, the class probably will come last. Whereas if you can still do it in your home, you've not got to leave the house. You've not got to get a babysitter. You've not got to travel in, in you know, rush hour traffic. I think that virtual can be a great complement to um, the live classes that that instructor delivers. And like you say, time and overhead costs suddenly become less of a worry because you don't have to factor them in. So how do you think people will perceive live opportunities to teach in the future? I mean, at the moment, with so few on the timetable are actually happening in person with reduced numbers, it's almost become a bit of a premium experience, something a little bit special. Maybe your body pump class or your legs, bums and tums had 30 people in before, you know, in a, in a gym or in a town hall. And now you can only take, I don't know, six to eight because of your studio size. Are we setting new grounds for live fitness experiences does this provide a new way for fitness instructors maybe to take their prices up a little bit um i think potentially yes i do think that it feels like a luxury um i've i've been going to my gym um probably four or five times a week um over the past month or so and I'm loving going because I'm, I work from home anyway, but my husband's still working from home. But just that feeling of being able to go and actually see other human beings, even though I don't go near them, we're all in our little boxes. Um, it's, it's a great experience. Um, I don't believe instructors are looking at it in terms of I'm providing now a premium experience. So I'm going to put my prices up. I do think that instructors are looking at how it can be cost effective with so few people, therefore they might have to put their prices up. So I don't think that they're thinking about it being sold as a premium experience. I think they're still in survival mode and working out how they can actually get back. Um, they're, they're, they're talking about levels of normality. I don't even know what normality is anymore because I mean, where I'm in the Northeast, we just went on local lockdown today. So whilst that's not affected the fitness industry, um, there's no socialising with anybody outside of the people who live in, in your home or with your support bubble if you're in one. So from an instructor's perspective, it becomes even more of a premium in, um, experience for those in a local lockdown because we can't go for a coffee with our friends now, even socially distanced, we can't do that but I can see my friend at an exercise class. So does now, um, is exercise classes the new social activity? And do you think the role therefore of a fitness instructor, the perception of what your job is and where you fit into society, do you think the status of fitness instructors has been elevated because of what's happened? From a community fitness point of view, absolutely, because I think, well, at, at CFN, we're very, very um, 
clear that we don't just believe in physical health because we think that mental health and social health are just as important. It comes as a package. Um, I think that there's just been a huge shift now on how people see a community fitness instructor. They're no longer the person who just taught aerobics in the church hall. They're now the person who's managed to shift and get a thriving business at a time where the rest of the industry sat still. It's put them in the spotlight more. It's shown that they are fitness professionals, where I think that before all this happened and before COVID, there was almost, uh, yeah, I think they were almost looked down on as though they weren't a proper instructor. You know, that's not proper fitness because you teach in the community center or school hall or you teach um something that isn't what and you know in a gym environment what is classed as fitness i think it's really really put community instructors um in a good light and because community instructors i imagine a majority also teach on behalf of clubs or other studios too they've got this hybridized sort of um profession i guess in that sense how do you think the worth or the value of the freelance fitness instructor is now being perceived from the the employers or the part-time employers such as you know the gyms and the studios that previously employed them to do classes how are they looking at instructors now how do you think their perception of the instructor has changed with regards to maybe where they fit in with their business and how useful they can be. Well, how get, how important they yeah, are. Yeah, again, again, I think it's a it's a big mix and it and it is going to vary from operator to operator and club to club. I think those that own independent facilities who have an array of different um, instructors in to teach their sessions for the timetable, I think they've probably got a larger appreciation because I think with a lot of instructors comes a following people get attached to a certain instructor. So if you've got um, instructors who have been running uh, virtual classes for you during lockdown, I think there's probably more worth that's now been put on that instructor because they in essence have kept that business going where they might not have realized that. But I do think though in, uh, in, in some situations as well, that the instructors will remain undervalued. And if, if there's a facility that's got a large space available. For example, there's a lot of David Lloyds who have sports halls and big tennis courts. So what they've been able to do is put their group exercise classes in a huge hall to be able to continue them. But there's a lot of gyms and clubs out there that just had small studios who, who can't go back to live classes because they just don't have the capacity. They can only get maybe two or three in the studio. Therefore they can't justify running in which case, um, the, the, the instructor is almost not needed. So I think again, it's, it's quite complex. Um, it, it all depends on the facility. I mean, there's a lot of instructors that, that don't teach in clubs whatsoever. Um, they just literally teach in the community and 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 do that as a self-employed uh, and on a self-employed basis. But again, th from a club scenario, I believe it's always going to be until it's regulated by one voice. There's always going to be a mix. There's no regulation to what they 
can do, can't do. There's no scales to work with or anything. So it's it's really hard to just generalize and give a, a bit of an overview when it's so vast. Now, we spoke just before we came on about we both have very optimistic viewpoints and perspectives on what can be achieved following this. And I can't help but see new opportunities opening up for instructors and in, in particular, a bit of a power shift as well. And I'm not necessarily speaking from a community fitness um, perspective because I've never really taught in the community other than doing boot camps in the park when I was a, a trainer. Most of my employment came through gyms uh, and established fitness centers. And um, being there, you were always just one of many on a list that could teach a class. Now, given that the uh, classes have been shut down for so long, instructors have been let go. I've been reading stories across many threads about, you know, the studios slimming down the timetable or not inviting back even their previous instructors and opting for lower paid options um, instead to, to save on money, to save on budget, which is understandable at this time because everyone's watching their pennies a little bit. But has there been a power shift, do you think, from the ability or the numbers of people to go it alone, to create followings, to drive success online? And how do you think other businesses will be looking at that talent emerge and looking to use that talent for other means? So from a community instructor point of view, and obviously that's where we, we, where we sit, we don't really do anything with, uh, or with, with operators. From a community instructor point of view, it gave them an opportunity to evolve their business in many different ways. From an operator instructor point of view, what it made them realize is that there was life beyond the gym floor and they had to create life beyond the gym floor to survive. So I think that there's, there's been that opportunity there for those instructors who solely teach in, um, in, a, in an operator environment to create something of their own. And, I, and I've seen quite a few of them have, and, and we've, we run a, a Facebook group on, obviously Facebook, <laughs> but we run a Facebook group and it's uh, UK Community Fitness Instructors. Now, when we started lockdown, the, um, the group was relatively new and we had something like about 111 in instructors in there. And now we've got 1400. And what's been really interesting is that there's a lot of instructors in there that have come from being instructors within operator sites to find out how do I go it alone? How do I set up these? How do I set up classes? How do I market my business? We've seen people come to us for qualifications during lockdown who um, have done maybe an upskill so they can reach out to their community with a specific niche market. So I do think that the, the amount of opportunities for all instructors have actually grown through this. Whilst it's not probably seemed like that in the very short term, Every, like the, the, there's so many people who are thriving now it's just great to see i imagine that most fitness instructors who are freelance and work in the community are quite creative people you know they make up their own routines they find their music which best suits what they want to do and 
you mentioned niching just earlier and becoming successful because they can find something that that really drives them that they're passionate about and they can niche down on and deliver do you think a lot of fitness instructors in particularly in the community have got the skills that they need to make it work on their own to come up with a unique product a unique idea a methodology a system a class a formula whatever it happens to be but they've been coming to people like you for the permission to go you know yes go for it do it I think there's still a big split if I'm honest with you I think there's there's instructors who um, are qualified and they do additional qualifications so that they can um, develop their business to maybe a niche market but maybe not so we've had so while we've been in lockdown we've sold over 200 training courses so what's been really great to see is we've had some people who have maybe taught uh, licensed brands before but never gone down a qualification route they've come to us and we've got kind of 70 um pupils now or students should i say on our exercise to music or which has now changed to group training but we had a larger amount that started training on our kind of level three active older adults pre-postnatal we developed our own chair-based instructor qualification during lockdown um, and that's going really well mental health nutrition because what they were all doing is seeing that as an opportunity to go okay i need to really get a grip on this and i need a plan so where where are the other opportunities for me as an instructor and what can i deliver and those instructors they might teach some brands and brands are great because they they serve a, they serve this industry especially the community side so well um the the instructors might use their qualification to create their own content um and they go down that route and then there's um the other half who maybe teach predominantly brands and brands like i say are great because they allow it to be time efficient you know some people don't have the time or the creativity to create content and create branding and create marketing campaigns and all of this kind of thing and and nor do they want to some people just want to literally plug and play and 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 teach so that's where a brand comes in because for a, a, a low cost but a higher return on investment you get all your choreography done for you you get signposted to music you get marketing materials you it's it's it's, it's almost like a business in a box so absolutely i think this has given them the opportunity to be more creative but i don't think the creativity just needs to have come from the content they um deliver i think that the creativity actually comes from them also seeing themselves as a business so going okay well i'm still going to teach these brands because i don't have time um or the want to start creating my own content around them and they're not my specialist areas however what i do see value in is giving my own business a brand and being creative with that and actually rebranding myself as a personal brand um so that i can then drive forward my business and is that where you believe that people well you see the new opportunities you know for instructor version 2.0 um, post covid what is it they should be focusing their efforts on to well, give them think, the best chance of success i think that right now what this is what this situation has told many 
was that they were underprepared for such change um, and that they do little to treat their business as a business. So one of the things that we're doing at CFN, we're launching in October, uh, kind of like an enhanced membership. One of the biggest areas instructors lack on is accountability. When you're, and, and that's not even instructors, that's mainly solo business owners. When you've got no one to be accountable for, there's distractions that get in the way, things don't get done, goals aren't set, so therefore you've got nothing to work towards. So a lot of the um, instructors are almost on like every day, it's Groundhog Day, so they'll learn or create some new choreography, they'll go and teach a class, learn and create some choreography, go and teach a class. That's great, but what's the end goal? What targets do you set for your classes to make them not only financially viable, but financially profitable? What do you know about profit and loss? You know, if you're running some, how, how do you balance your business so that you are constantly earning income? Because that's why we are here. We, we do what we do to provide for our families, to, to keep a roof above our heads, um, you know, and, and, and this has given instructors the opportunity to be able to look at it like a business. So that's what the majority need to work on is consistency as a business model rather than just I teach some classes. I don't necessarily think it doesn't exist, but I don't think it's really obvious where it exists. There's a lot of different voices within the within the fitness industry. So from a from a kind of if I said an official point of view, you look at the fitness industry, there's there's EMD UK, there's UK Active, there's Simspa, there's, you know, there's 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 the there, there is was reps, you know, there's there's just a huge the sport England, there's a huge amount of different voices all shouting some but mixed messages all looking at different areas of the industry there's not one overarching organization that looks at like you know if you're in football you go to the fa everybody knows that you go to the fa and the fa will run various things to support so when we set up community fitness network we knew that we didn't want to be going to find all the PTs, we knew where our market it was, we knew where our audience was because we are in the community industry. The people involved in CFN are community fitness instructors. And we were like, right, okay, we we know this, we, we're on the ground doing this, we're not kind of paid to sit in an office and told what to tell people, or you know, let's tick this box, or let's create these documents that might somebody might read one day, or let's do some analysis on and a report. We are okay, these are real issues that we face every day in our job. Let's find out how many other in, um, instructors are facing these issues. Let's help them get over it. How can we help instructors? Well, we can upskill them with education, we can help feed people into their classes via our projects. So we set out very, very early doors of we are here just for community fitness. That's where our bag is. That's what makes us, we're incredibly passionate about it. So let's do something to help them community fitness instructors. I guess the industry is quite disparate when you think of it like that, isn't it? It's um, 
there are many different angles and many different pools that people specialize in. And although it's under the banner of health and fitness and exercise, there are people that that fit into different silos, whether it's through medical conditions, um, whether it's through just personal enjoyment of exercise, or maybe it's just age. And it's maybe wrong of us to look at each of those different deliverers of content under the banner of fitness in the same way, because the nuances are so different to the deliveries and the way that you speak to your audiences. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's so, it's it's one of the, the vastest industries out there and it's it's so hard to just tailor it to one person so because there's not one person that ex well should I say one organization that exists for it it's almost like there's so much information where do I actually go so we set out to speak to community instructors to to kind of help be their voice and to try and find clarity on the information relevant to them so that we can say, right, okay, we've done the legwork for you. This is your information. This is what directly affects you. And the rest is kind of either irrelevant or not related to how you operate. So this plus membership that you're talking about, is this going to be more of a, like almost like a mentoring program, a, a service that you run as part of a, a com another add-on community to that? How does it, how's it going to work? So I'm calling it like a plus membership because we've actually got a, a competition running with our members at the moment for them to name it because we haven't named it yet. <laughs> um, so what it, what it is, we wanted, we didn't want to have a membership where because you, you see lots of them out there you know join my membership and actually people join and they don't use the content because they haven't got any accountability so what we wanted was something where there was accountability there was business learning but there was also the ability to to generate income from what they use so that it offset the cost of the membership so we've combined the three um, to provide them with kind of monthly learning targets um, accountability for them and then opportunities that they can take content that we create for them and, and sell it on whether that be kind of um, through an affiliation of, of clothing brands that they sell to their class members or through uh, a discount on our trainings or, or a referral fee for anybody that they push towards our training um, to what one of the things that we've done is we've built a kind of post-COVID bounce back program that they can go and sell to families in their community for a very low cost like almost like a, a healthy back to health challenge um and they 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 will make a small amount of money on that and we've just created for that that then for them to to go and give them and um be part of the membership so yeah we're we're launching that in in like three weeks time so it's just all coming together at the moment okay so what do you think about the next few months maybe up to 12 months going forwards what predictions have you made? What things are you putting in place? Well, it's really hard to make predictions at the moment because two weeks ago, it looked like everything was great. I was coming back from Greece and today we went on local lockdown. So the Northeast are kind of pedaling backwards at the moment, uh, as I know are a few other areas in the country, but the Northeast as a whole is um, has slowed down dramatically today. It's really hard to predict what is going to happen in the next 12 months because I think that the situation is so fluid we just we just don't know where it's going to go um, if somebody had said to us 
back in March, that six months on, we would be going back into local lockdowns. I, I don't think people would have believed that. I think everybody thought that when they started to say, you know, restaurants are opening, pubs are opening, the, the government launched this um, eat out to help out campaign, that it was like, that. that's the end. We're, we're, we're on the other side now. It's It's just a matter of time before we slowly get back to what normal used to be. And that's not the case at all. So predictions for the next 12 months. Um, I, I, I see virtual fitness being a staple of everybody's business now and, and possibly of many people's lifestyles. Um, and I think that instructors will maybe invest more into education so that they can they can hone in on their audiences, they can target um, their businesses a lot better and also create products and services for clients in their communities around their education and their skill sets. Okay, interesting to hear that. I think there's certainly new avenues opening up. Um, what advice would you give to anybody listening to this who is maybe just overwhelmed by everything at the moment? Maybe you spent the last three months procrastinating not really taking action or doing anything they're the people that really feel stuck and haven't made any progress what words of encouragement would you give to them i think the the biggest thing that causes frustration and worry is the sheer amount of well social media <laughs> get off social media would be my first advice because it's it's don't get me wrong it's a great tool for building your business but in terms of impacting um, your health, causing distractions, it's it's been awful for the last six months. Um, what what instructors really need to do is decide what they want to do first. So, for example, if an instructor decides that virtual teaching is not for them, they need to go right. Okay, I've made that decision. Virtual teaching is not for me. Therefore, now I take a step back. I stop reading conflicting information. I stop worrying about all of the, the noise that's out there. And I actually focus on what I want to do. If they say, right, okay, uh, I should have jumped on the virtual wagon three months ago, but I was so overwhelmed or things were going on in my personal life or my work life, but now's the right time. It's like, okay, so make some decisions on what you want to do. And then, then you find the right information that matches with your decisions. Because again, there's so much information out there that that in itself is just overwhelming. So if you're trying to look through everything to find the smallest thing, you're going to give up before you've even got out of the starting block. Good advice. Well, I think the important thing, though, to remember, and what's, what's really come out of this situation, though, is so much is achievable. And there is so much opportunity out there it's just embracing the situation as an opportunity and not in a negative light taking small steps right having a plan absolutely having a plan is absolutely the key thing and plans change but that's okay right because so long as you have a plan you discover then how you want it to change yeah, and I mean, what's what's really interesting and why one of the reasons we've started creating this membership is because during lockdown, CFN have had to change a lot of plans. Um, my other business has had to change a lot of plans. 
and I've been doing some some planning and accountability every Thursday morning with my accountant and actually it's my favorite morning of it's my favorite time of the week which is really weird because not a lot of people enjoy going to their accountants because it normally costs them money um but I'm I'm actually loving it and so on week one we had to I had to kind of write down goals make a financial plan and actually just put on the table what what we'd already decided we were going to do and then over the last five weeks I've been doing different work and yesterday I met with him and the plan has changed so much but for the better because I did all that work in between so the plan absolutely can change but there needs to be one in the first place and don't get don't get distracted by everything going on around you just focus on what you want great words of advice so tell me more about what's going to happen with cfn how can people can get in touch with you and find out more about the work that you do that supports the community fitness industry so um you can find out more information about what cfn does on our website which is uh, www.communityfitnessnetwork.org um, the future for CFN right now looks quite different to how it did six months ago. We were actually on the verge because we're already a nonprofit. So we're set up as um, a social enterprise, but we were about to go for charitable status um, to be a full blown charity. However, we've decided to actually hold off with that because now is not the time to be setting up a small charity. Small charities are struggling in a huge way. So what we've decided to do is become more commercial so that we can drive money into the social enterprise to then create more projects, which makes a bigger impact at grassroots level. So we're going to be putting a lot of effort into our membership um, and into our training department over the next 12 months. Our training already has, obviously, we've, we've now migrated from uh, exercise to music to group training and group training to music which is exciting and we are running our first courses in October for group training but we've also started having talks with some people behind the scenes and we have a few CPD courses that we're writing um putting through endorsement with END UK and Simspa and releasing in January as well so there's going to be some exciting kind of stuff around step and some stuff around i'm not going to say pilates or yoga because it's going to be neither of which but it's definitely something that's going to be more restorative for instructors and their clients so it's it's all quite exciting but we're definitely going with more of a focus on education and support for instructors to actually get their businesses thriving more is there anything that you're giving away at the moment to help people learn more about what you do or put things into practice or place yeah, well, we, we already have on our website, um, we have a free instructor resource area where on there, there's some instructional videos that we made in lockdown on how to build your own website, how to live stream from it, how to do basic search engine optimization. There's risk assessments. There's um, lots of different things that you can do with your business, such as SWOT analysis on your local community and they can all be accessed on our website as well by just clicking the member login button at the top and it will ask you to create an account for yourself. Brilliant, great resources there for people to dig into over the weekend or an evening just to learn a little bit more 
and um, you know, small small things each day take make a big difference over time. So just reading one or two things can really help, can't it? Absolutely, it can. Since recording this podcast, CFN have launched their own podcast, Community One Hundred, which you can find on their website, communityfitnessnetwork.org forward slash podcast. Take a look in the show notes for links to their website and the resources mentioned in the show. Now, if you're a fitness instructor who teaches in clubs or the community and you want to start delivering online classes but you don't know how to start, then join the Fitness Video Production Help for Fitness Instructors group on Facebook. It's quite a mouthful, I know. This group is designed to help you pivot to online delivery of your classes. There's loads of free training and the group is full of great members who will help to answer your questions. If you enjoyed this episode of the Sweat Life podcast, then share it with someone you know and don't forget to subscribe.